Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by teaching pastor Tammy Melchine as we continue the series, The Jesus I Never Knew. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. When someone bursts on the scene and blows us away, it's easy to be wowed and not think about the process that led to this moment. All the work behind the scenes that led the way for this person to shine. Take Amanda Gorman, for example. Her performance of her poem, The Hill We Climb, at the presidential inauguration thrust her into the national spotlight. Within 24 hours, her books of poetry surged to the top of the bestseller list. I watched on Twitter as she interacted with well-known figures like Oprah Winfrey and Lin-Manuel Miranda. All of a sudden, average people were appreciating poetry, and she was even featured at the Super Bowl. But behind every story of triumph, there is a process, and Amanda Gorman is no exception. Gorman was raised by a single mother, a sixth-grade teacher in Los Angeles. She is a self-proclaimed proud member of the Speech Difficulty Club and has spent countless hours working on her challenges. She is committed to education, a Harvard graduate, and puts immense research into crafting her poems. Amanda Gorman didn't just show up one day and blow everyone away with her poem. She worked hard over many years to become the person we have seen this year. And this is why I'm bringing her up today. In a similar way, Jesus didn't just show up one day and blow everyone away with his presence. The fact that he was fully human means that his life also had a process. Jesus had to grow up. Today, we are continuing in our series, The Jesus I Never Knew. In this series, we are focusing on a side of Jesus that many of us overlook, his humanity. Most American Christians today focus so much on his divinity that we almost completely disregard his humanity. New Testament scholar Craig Evans says, it's almost as though a lot of Christians think of Jesus as God wearing a human mask. He's sort of faking it, pretending to be human. He pretends to perspire. His stomach only appears to gurgle because, of course, he's not really hungry. In fact, he doesn't need to eat. So Jesus is the bionic son of God who isn't really human. So many of us see Jesus as superhuman. However, the problem is, if Jesus is superhuman, he can't relate to our experiences. If he didn't experience our limitations, how can he be a realistic example for us to follow? It would be like Superman telling us to fly without giving us any superpowers. That is why it is critical that we understand that Jesus is fully human. While in his nature divine, Jesus emptied himself of his divine glory, knowledge, and power to become a human being just like us. He had human limitations, human realities, and human challenges. This means we can look to him as the model for the best way to be human. 
And as a human being, Jesus didn't just burst onto the scene as a finished product. He fully entered the human experience. Jesus had to grow up. Now, I'm not suggesting that any of us think that Jesus was born a fully grown adult man. Of course not. We know that Jesus was born an infant who grew through childhood and into adulthood. But have you ever stopped and really thought about what that process of growing up was like for him? Jesus lived for approximately 33 years. That's about 12,000 days. Now, since he was human, he was probably sleeping for around 4,000 of those days. But how did he spend the remaining 8,000 days of time? If you count up every story that we have about his life as recorded in the first four books of the New Testament, they only account for about 100 days of Jesus's life. And the vast majority of those days fall just within the last three years. We know very little about his life between his his birth and age 30. We don't have the privilege of seeing him while he was in process. Author Trent Shepard says this about that time. What was Jesus doing for most of his life? Jesus was doing what each and every one of us does. He was working and resting, learning and growing, eating and thinking, laughing and mourning, and day by day discerning his vocation. And Jesus was doing all of that with friends and family in the enjoyable and challenging context of the community he called home. Really, all we know about Jesus from the story of his birth until his baptism at age 30 is just one story from his childhood. Let's take some time to look at that story today. In the second chapter of Luke, Jesus is 12 years old when he goes with his parents to Jerusalem for the Passover. Now, this was an annual trip full of tradition and meaning in which their nuclear family traveled with their extended family. And they must have had a rather large extended family because they were a full day into their return journey before they realized that Jesus wasn't with them. Now, has this ever happened to you? I'm not a parent myself, but I've experienced the terror of this. Like when I've been with friends, when when we've lost one of their children in a crowded place. I remember one time I was with a friend and her two daughters at the DuPage Children Museum when suddenly we couldn't find her youngest daughter anywhere. And if you've experienced this, you know how quickly the panic seizes you. Now, thankfully, after just several minutes of searching, we found her playing not too far away, but it took way longer for my heart rate to settle down. Like most parents, at one time or another, Mary and Joseph experienced that panicked feeling. They looked all over Jerusalem and finally find Jesus in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening and asking questions. His parents are frustrated. They had been worried about him. And yet Jesus responds plainly, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? And I'm not sure if that brought Mary and Joseph's heart rate down or spiked it again. But their family returns to Nazareth, and the story ends with a fascinating statement about Jesus' humanity. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. When Luke writes of Jesus growing, the word he uses for grew 
in the original Greek of the New Testament means to beat forward. The image it conjures up might be of an explorer like using machete to beat or cut a path through a, a dense overgrown wilderness. Or perhaps the image of a blacksmith pounding away at a piece of red hot metal to form and shape it into a useful tool. Luke's point in using this vivid word is partly because he wants us to understand that Jesus grew like the rest of us do by wrestling, making hard choices, being intentional, and moving forward. Growth is not a passive endeavor. It takes effort. Now, before I go any further, let me pause for just a second and make one thing clear. This effort to grow is not about earning our way back to God. We must never forget that we are saved by grace and grace alone. It is Jesus who opened the way for us to find our way back to God. However, as author Dallas Willard once reminded us, Grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Growing as an apprentice of Jesus is not about earning, but it will likely require effort. Like it did for Jesus, growth will involve wrestling, making hard choices, being intentional, and moving forward. So in what ways did Jesus grow? Well, Luke tells us, He grew in wisdom and stature. He grew in favor with God and favor with people. Let's take a closer look at each of these. First, wisdom. Jesus grew in wisdom, what we might consider his mental growth. Remember, Jesus wasn't born a Rhodes Scholar. He didn't come out of the womb knowing calculus and quantum physics. He had to learn skills to help his father in their carpentry shop. He had to learn to read and interpret the scriptures in order to become a rabbi. If we are going to follow Jesus, we have to be learners. And yet, it can become easy to stall out in this area of growth as we grow into adulthood. Do you know what one of the greatest barriers to learning can be? Knowing. We become satisfied with what we already know. And when this happens, we don't question our assumptions. We don't open ourselves up to diverse viewpoints. We don't explore new ideas. But Jesus, Jesus grew in wisdom. The brilliance that we see in the 100 days of his life that are portrayed in the Gospels so much of it countercultural to the accepted ways of thinking in the political, religious, and social context around him. So much of that was forged in his commitment to grow his mind. Jesus grew in wisdom. We're also told that Jesus grew in stature. We might consider this his physical growth. Jesus experienced life in a physical body. In your mind, picture a young, young Jesus skinning his knee as he played tag with the neighborhood children. He went through puberty with a squeaky voice and raging hormones. He got tired after a long day. When it comes to our physical selves, most of us struggle to find a healthy place on the spectrum of intentional growth. 
On one end, we, become, we can become so focused on our physical selves that, that we become obsessed with our physical appearance and health. On the other end, we can downplay the importance of our physical bodies and, and let them slide into neglect. Healthy physical growth lies somewhere in between. Caring for our physical health is a very important aspect of stewarding what we've been given. Paul, a great leader in the early church, asks, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? What we do with this physical body we've been given is important. And I'll admit, this is an area of growth I tend to struggle with. I remember a number of years ago, I went home to Ohio to attend the funeral of my great Aunt Ruth. She was just shy of 106 when she passed away. My two grandmothers lived to be 96 and 88, and as I stood at this funeral visitation, it hit me. I might be only halfway through my life. And it did make me think about how I'm taking care of this physical body. If this thing has that long a way to go, I better make sure I'm doing more than sitting on the couch eating frozen pizzas. If we are serious about growing as a whole person, we have to take seriously our physical well-being. This means getting the kind of rest, exercise, and nutrition our bodies were designed to need. Jesus grew in stature. And he also grew in favor with God. Now, isn't that an interesting idea? Again, sometimes I think we imagine Jesus as a baby lying there in the manger, giving two thumbs up to God the Father that the first step in their plan was working. But no, Jesus became fully human, which means he had to learn how to grow spiritually. He had to learn how to cultivate his relationship with the Father. If we're going to follow Jesus, we too have to grow spiritually. One of the things I am struck by as I read the stories about Jesus' life was how intentional he was about pursuing time with the Father. In the book of Mark, we read, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke adds, Jesus often withdrew, often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. In the wonder of our modern world, there are so many resources available to help us grow spiritually. We have scripture reading plans and apps that can guide us in prayer. We have Bible teaching at our fingertips on our smartphones and endless books written on Christian spiritual formation. The key to growing spiritually is not having the right tools and resources. They are available everywhere. The key is being intentional about spending time with the Father, about cultivating a regular practice of withdrawing to spend time with Him. Jesus grew in favor with God. He spent time with the Father. Finally, Jesus grew in favor with people. We might consider this his relational growth. He invested his time, energy, and heart to grow meaningful relationships with the people around him. I remember hearing Margaret Becker, an author and singer-songwriter, speak once about the relationships in her own life. 
She says she realized her life was like one of those merry-go-round things that you see at a playground. Anyone remember these? (laughs) Anyone remember getting hurled off one of these? (laughs) It's a surprising thing that any of us born in the 70s or 80s survived. Well, Margaret had this this mental image where she saw herself spinning on the merry-go-round and realized that the outside world was, was all a blur to her. And she knew some of the blurry figures she kept spinning by were people she cared about deeply. They were standing there, looking at her spin, hoping that at some point she'd get off the ride. But in this image, as she continued to go round and round, some of those figures started disappearing. People were walking away, and and Margaret said, I realized that if I wanted these people to still be standing in my life when I wanted to get off the ride, I had to stop spinning to spend time with them now. If we are living our lives just spinning from one thing to the next, not taking the time to slow down and invest in the people around us, our relationships won't grow. Let me ask you to consider, who needs you to stop spinning? Who needs you to get off the merry-go-round of life to spend time with them? Jesus took time to cultivate relationships with the people around him, whether they were his 12 disciples, the women who traveled with him, or even a solitary blind man calling out to him from the side of the road. Jesus grew in favor with people. He invested in meaningful relationships. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and people. In his human experience, Jesus didn't see himself as a finished product. Jesus grew. And what does knowing this about Jesus mean for us? Why is this important? Because it tells us that to be fully human is to grow. To be fully human is to grow. And there are two things that we can take away from this truth. First, know that you have the grace to grow. The grace to grow. Because Jesus went through what you and I go through, he understands that you are not a finished product. He knows that you are in process. That's something that I need to hear today. Maybe you do too. I can easily slip into beating myself up about all the ways I fall short of who I want to be. But God knows that I have more to learn. He hasn't given up on me. And the fact that we are in process also means that we don't need to get defensive when we're confronted about a belief or a behavior that isn't in line with the kingdom of God. We can be free to acknowledge and wrestle with our mistakes, to make restitution and to to learn from them in meaningful ways. We can come to Jesus with our messy and broken lives because he knows how hard it is to be human. He knows that growth is like beating our way through an overgrown wilderness. He is patient with us. And he also knows who we can become. Wherever you are right now in your journey as a human being, there are things to look forward to, new ways that God wants to grow you. 
And that is why the reality that to be fully human is to grow is also a challenge to grow. Yes, Jesus loves you as you are, but he loves you too much to just let you stay there and be stagnant. There is always a next step for us to grow relationally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Here at Community, we have a great tool to help you look at these four areas of your life and take next steps. We took the first letter of each one of these areas, and we call this tool the RPMs practice. Think of the RPMs of an engine. You need to push down on the gas to increase the revolutions per minute so that you can start moving somewhere. And that's how the RPMs work in our lives. If you go to communitychristian.info, you will find a link to the RPMs page. And if you're not sure what your next steps are to grow as an apprentice to Jesus, the RPMs practice is a great place to start. Let me challenge you today to get intentional about your own relational, physical, mental, and spiritual growth. We all have a next step to take. What is yours? In His divinity, Jesus reveals what God is like. But in his humanity, he also reveals what humans are to be like. We flourish as human beings when we follow Jesus in his way of being fully human. And for Jesus to be fully human is to grow. So today, receive grace for all that you are not but also take a step forward into all he created you to be. Let's follow Jesus and grow. Pray with me. Father, we thank you over and over and over again for the gift of sending your son to live and walk and breathe among us. And Jesus, we thank you for the way that you showed us what it looks like to be fully human. I thank you for anybody that needs it today, Lord. I pray that they would just receive your grace for ways that that they don't feel like they are who they, they want to be. We know that you love them just as they are and not as they should be. Um, But today for all of us, Lord, I pray that we would also be inspired by your example and challenged to grow to take the next step that you are putting in front of us to become who you have created us to be. Jesus, thank you for your example of what it looks like to flourish as a human being. We commit ourselves to following you. And it's in your name we pray, amen.